You look like a British banker in Hawaii. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Ah, it's August 2nd, 2009. It's time for your Gitmo Nation audio publication, episode 118. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the Minimum Containment Center, or should I say cell, better known as the Crackpot Command Center. Oh, man, I'm slow today. Hey, from Gitmo Nation West in San Francisco, the undisclosed loft location under eminent domain destruction, I'm Adam Curry. Slow and long-winded. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. The reason why, John, is I still don't have my MIDI controller working. Oh. So I'm like switching back and Did forth. Did you order I'm, another one or are you just yes, going to gripe no, about it? No, you, I ordered another one and it has to come from Germany. Dr. Lieber. Although I had an idea. There's this... Um, Apple has uh, some kind of thing with a single fader. You can switch back and forth. Hmm. No, get what you used. Okay. I will. Tell him to expedite the order. <sighs> what is expedite in German? Schnell machen. Mach schnell. Mach schnell. Mach schnell. <laughs> Mach schnell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hooked it up again today just to see if it would work all of a sudden, you know. Sometimes that does oh, you're, Yeah, well, you know, that, that's, yeah, that's reasonable to think that way with this gear. Yeah. <laughs> because it's true. It, with any gear, essentially. Hey, John. Uh, dude, we did your Sunday dude. trip. Dude, yeah. we did your Sunday trip yesterday on Saturday, and we checked off a number of items off of the list of things to do when you live in the Bay Area. Right. And uh, let me tell you something very interesting. You sent us uh, a note with a link to Mount Tam, which is one of the thing, one of the places you have to go if you're in this area, right? Yeah. So I click on the Google link. Uh, it shows me the spot on the map, and then, of course, I say, you know, uh, get directions. And we follow the directions exactly, John. Let me tell you, Google has a very interesting way of trying to send you to Mount Tam. And it, and it does <laughs> not work. I don't trust Google at all. And it does it not to... work. So when you're driving north on 101, there's actually a sign that says, get off here to go to Mount Tam, right? And our instructions said, no, 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 go up another two exits and then get off there. And so we wound up going through, um, was it Mill Valley? Is that it? Yeah. Did you go through the tunnel at all? Uh, on 101? No, no, no. Well, yeah, no, 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 that no, yeah, no. Yeah, we went through that tunnel. And so no, the I, little one. Uh, I'm not sure which tunnel you okay, mean. Okay, never mind. Keep talking. No, so I don't think so. And so what happens is you wind up going around the back route trying to get up to Mount Tam. And I'll tell you, we, we saw some amazing things. No one would ever, ever for any reason be on these roads. And for good reason, because you can't actually get to where you want to go according to Google's description. There's a fork in the road where you're supposed to go on via Van Dyke. And it's like a gated road. You can't get through it. And, you know, and, and, and you get into this point where it's like, I'm following the directions. Are you sure? And just, this is the directions. You got to go left. Wait a minute. This is, this is, uh, uh, exactly. And you cannot get there the way Google tries to send you. So finally we wound up backtracking after like an hour. I mean, it's only 15 minutes outside of the city. Uh, after an hour of driving through, I must say beautiful, beautiful small roads with amazing homes that are, that are up there in the, uh, the hills of, Mill Valley, uh, we finally wound up going around the other direction, of course. It's like a highway. <laughs> you get there, no problem. But it was uh, disconcerting to see that Google, in on four different attempts, kept saying, go this way, which you, it just doesn't work. The road is not a through road. Yeah, I love it. No, I don't. 
When you see, usually when you see a big highway sign that says get turn off here for Mount Tam and Google's telling you not to, I tend to believe the highway sign. Yeah, yeah. It's and I, and I have to say I'm loving the G phone, you know, it's got your directions, it's got the GPS, it does everything exactly the, and, you know, you can see the the route is mapped out, everything works, but it's just it is impossible to get there the way they sent us. So we finally wound up going the, around the other way. Um, had lunch about five miles before um, the summit. There's a uh, now, of course, I forgot the name of the place. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes, like Summit Inn or something like that. Um, where it's amazing, you sit on this deck outside and you look out over all of. Uh, I guess that's uh, what are we seeing? Uh, San Quentin. You can see from, you're you're looking at San Quentin from there. Uh, my future home, and uh, it was nice, man. It was absolutely awesome. But there's so many rules. There's so many things you're not allowed to do. Yeah, like, there's lots of rules. Like, you know, you have to be out by 7. God forbid you're in you're in the park after 7. Uh You know, you can't walk on certain parts. It's like don't walk here. And it just it feels a little restricted. Yeah, for a park. Well, well, is that normal? Obviously people have been abusing it. Yeah, and there's a lot of no smoking signs. That kind of makes sense to me. They don't want it burnt to the ground. <laughs> Man, one spark would would just torch that entire that entire area. It is so dry right now. It's always dry every year. Yeah, I'm amazed that it doesn't just spark up regardless. It happens all the time. Mm. Anyway, you go to Muir Woods. Yes, um, but only really kind of like grazed it. <laughs> Didn't have a lot of time. Um, and then on the way back, we did not go to Sam's Bar. Sam's, yeah, Sam, Sam's, Sam's Anchor, Anchor Cafe. Bar. Yeah, Sam's Anchor or whatever. Cafe, that's it. Uh, we did go to Sausalito. And we did go to the No Name Bar. Why the hell did you send us to the No Name Bar? Uh, just so you could say you went there. Yeah, okay. Well, that's about it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's dark. It smells of urine. And there's no one in the place. It's a, it's a, it's a pickup bar at night, I think. <laughs> No, dude. There was like an 80-year-old with a colostomy bag sitting next to me at the bar. This is not a pickup bar. Oh, well, maybe it's changed. I haven't been there for 20 years. Or maybe you pick up different kinds of chicks than I do. No, it's possible. Gotta boom, ja. I haven't been there for 20 years or longer. Or actually, now they think about it. Even longer let, than let me, that. Let me get this straight. Let, let me just tell you the truth. I've actually never been in that bar. <laughs> Why did you send us to, you douche? <laughs> That's horrible. We took a because picture. Because everybody talks about it all the time. I like to say, I always like to send, you know, a scout. <laughs> no, well, I don't want to be your scout, okay? No more scouting. That's bullshit. And, but thank you very much. Mount Tam was a fantastic trip, a great idea. Uh, there are a couple pictures. Uh, um, I'll point to them. I think Mickey's putting them on her Facebook page or whatever. Um, really, really fantastic. Easy drive to get to from San Francisco if you're not following Google's directions. Follow the big sign that says Mount Tam this way. That's pretty much the way to go. So there's a, uh, occasionally it snows up there on that mountain. Really? Doesn't it? What do you think the elevation is? A couple thousand feet? It's not very high. It's 2,500 maybe at the most. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it didn't seem that high. So really, you get snow up there? Yeah, if there's a snow cloud that comes over, it will drop uh, usually a dusting on the top of Mount Tam and Mount Diablo. You usually get a batch. Hmm. That's it. Mount Diablo gets hit pretty hard sometimes. Where it's actually you could actually you could actually uh, sled. Huh. That would be cool. I don't know about that. If you really just get on your car, drive up to the eighty, you know, head to Reno. If it's like during the middle of winter, it gets snows everywhere. 
Uh, you're you're breaking uh, up a bit. Are, s- are you uploading porn again? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to send you to Reno on one of these trips. <laughs> yeah, wait until I get the plane. It's coming in about a week. No, it's not the same. No, of course it's not the same. It's better. I want to fly to Reno. That'd be much cooler. So your plane. So you were going to take a trip on this plane, but now you you apparently aren't going to. Yeah, the idea was end of uh, end of August because I'm going to take a short vacation. The idea was to, by the way, not from the show, just from uh, work. <laughs> what am I saying? Uh, and I'm still planning on, you know, in my undisclosed location on a private aisle, I will still be doing the show. I'm not quite sure how the bandwidth is going to work, but we're going to figure it out one way or the other. Hey, by the way, you keep talking about this uh, under eminent domain uh, every week, and you have not explained it to anybody. Okay, we found out uh, last week or, uh, yeah, about a week and a half ago that this entire area where the, uh, where the minimum security containment cell is located, that it is being bulldozed under eminent domain, uh, i.e. the government is forcing everyone to leave because they're taking it over. It's not even the government. The government sold the rights to the, what is it called, John, the Transbay Joint Authority Power, which sounds like something right out of 1984. It's the Transbay Joint Authority Powers. We have the power, which, of course, is a completely commercial organization. They are building between, I think it's like Harrison or whatever, like Folsom and Market, I don't know, this huge terminal, which has been talked about for, I think, seven or eight years now. And there is indeed a parking lot not far from where uh, where we are that is the beginnings of it. Um, but it's, it's like this $8 billion project for a state and a, and a city that is bankrupt. And they're going to build a terminal for buses <laughs> for buses to Oakland <laughs> it's unbelievable and this thing is a monster no no it's not just a monster it's an obelisk okay it's a complete new world order fascist new world order fascist project and this thing is going to be the largest you know, building in well even larger taller than the tower of death apparently which is already the tallest building west of the mississippi and they're going to and check this. They're talking about a high speed train to Los Angeles. I mean, it, it, how can you even believe this shit anymore? It's not <laughs> going to happen. There's not going to be a high speed train to Los Angeles. Although well, very, they, you know, they, they, train experts have long said, said said that you can't really do a high speed train to Los Angeles because of the there's a mountain range between here and Los Angeles called the uh, Grapevine, and it and it's pretty high. In fact, it snows there a lot, and this is in Southern California. And it's just too steep, and I don't think they're going to spend the money to drill a hole through the thing. No, I think they're going to call it the John Galt Railroad. <sighs> yeah, where's John Galt? <laughs> so, where, so, so anyway, so they're going to do that, and then the, the other thing they're supposed to do with this terminal is supposed to bring in the uh, Marin County bus system for the Marin Marinites, and then they're going to bring in the the Cal train, which is which is actually parks itself over there on Fourth Street, uh, you, right? It's a on Fourth, yeah, fourth and which is a beautiful it's a beautiful train station. It's fantastic, functional. It's great. Why do we need to change it? Yeah, and meanwhile, how are you going to get the trains from there over to this piece of crap? Well, more eminent domain. They're just going to remove Yeah, people. but are they going to run a bunch of rails right through all that important part of the city, which is packed by packed by? It would be a disaster. They have to drill another hole, and I don't see, the, see that they can afford to do that. 
I'm going to put a couple in an links. earthquake area. I'm going to put up a couple links to some of the PDF files that they've published about this. When you see it, I mean, it's going to be a big shopping promenade. It's all going to be beautiful for families. Lots of trees. In fact, where I'm sitting it's, right it, now it, will be a tree. Term, if you go to the today's Transbay Terminal, which we're going to film, it's just got a bunch of bums. Yeah, it's their home. Yeah, panhandlers. <laughs> no, they're not even panhandlers. They just live in there, man. That's that's their home. They got their boxes set up. It's nice and dry. And no one takes the bus there that I know of. I do. Real? You take the bus to the to that terminal? Yeah. Oh, if okay. I come into the city on uh, Wednesdays for those meetings, I always take the bus. It's the easiest way to get in in and out, and it's cheap. Hey, you know, you don't have to say it like that. Those meetings. Oh, by the way, the the cool thing that they do have, and they have these gr- big, giant, green Transbay buses over here in the Oakland, uh, Alameda County, actually, and they have Wi-Fi on them, and they're very big, comfy buses. Hmm. They're not like you know a typical little bus. Well, anyway, so all these beautiful buildings here, which are really, you know, they're some of them I, I believe are historic. I think our building is not historic, but it is architecturally interesting. Um, they're all going to be leveled now. So what we're finding out is two block two block, two buildings down is in phase 1 they have to get out by December and it's still not sure or not uh, we're not certain whether we're in uh, plan 1 or plan 2 if it's plan 2 I could be good for another couple of years if it's plan 1 merry fucking christmas Well you can always move to Marin <laughs> no, I'm not going to move to Marin then you can take the bus into the terminal <laughs> <laughs> and meet interesting children from other lands while on the bus. People like you ride the bus, John. Enough said. I don't think so. Hey, um, I'm all for public transportation. Yeah. Um, I, let me get some swine flu stuff out of the way right off the bat, just so we can kind of deal with it, because, you know, <laughs> there's so much, and it just continues. The ridiculousness of what's happening goes on. But I signed up for... Uh, website alerts at the CDC website, uh, and it works. They sent me an alert um, that all the PDFs were updated from their July 29th presentation for the Advisory Committee on immuniza- Immunization Practices. And uh, so they have a whole bunch of PDFs, and one of them was titled the Marketing PDF. Of course, I'm very interested in that. You know, How are these guys going to market this? And they have all these, you know, well, you know what a SWOT analysis is, right, John? We no. have a, an access, an axis, and you have uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, oh, yeah, and right. threats. You know, it's a, it's like marketing 101. And so they have a couple of those charts, and you know, what if it's this type of a threat? What if it's that type of a threat? And then they have all of their um, key messages and their social media um, uh, efforts. But then there was like some. There was some uh, some quotes that you could use if you're trying to communicate to the public. And by the way, top of the list is how they're going to communicate this through the news media. <laughs> I love that. It's like, what's the best way to communicate our message? Through the news media, of course. We own those fuckers. So I just wanted to give you a couple of quotes, and these are literally quotes, and you can watch them show up because this is the official messaging, the overarching key messages and themes. Um, let's see, this is the extra, the additional messages. Here we go. So that's what was most interesting, the additional messages. And I'm quote, everything is literally in quotes on this slide uh, or on these series of slides, and of course I'll put links to it in the show notes at noagenda.mevio.com. 
Uh, while the novel H1N1 influenza virus has been the focus of attention since the spring, it is important that we do not forget the risks posed by seasonal influenza viruses. So that's probably the most innocuous of all of them. We hope that people, especially those at high risk for serious complications and their close contacts, will start to go out and get vaccinated in September or as soon as vaccine is available at their doctor's offices or in their communities. Another quote. The seasonal flu vaccine is not expected to protect against the new H1N1 influenza virus. Scientists at the NIH, the CDC, and the FDA are working with vaccine manufacturers to prepare and test a safe and effective vaccine. As medical and public health professionals, parents and grandparents, ensuring the health and safety of our children is a top priority. These are actual messages you will see showing up in the news media first. CDC is working to enhance our safety monitoring systems and will actively encourage providers and vaccine recipients to report to us adverse events following vaccination. And then in parentheses, whether or not they believe the vaccine caused the event. They are so aware of what's going to happen, John. They are so aware of the adverse effects that they actually have it in their, in their messaging now. Mm. And when you read through this, you will say to yourself, my God, this could have been a, this could have been a marketing uh, deck for Microsoft. And they are selling this to the public, and it shows you exactly how they're going to do it. And you can follow it, and you can it's check all, back. It, yeah, it, it's all propaganda. Well, well, marketing propaganda, whatever you want to call it. Uh, well, I would call it propaganda. Marketing is propaganda, but when it's done by the, I think, I think the definition would be if it's done by the government, then it's if it's done by a private individual or private enterprise, then it's marketing. If it's done by the government, it's propaganda. It's propaganda. What is TIV? Do you have any idea? I'm sorry. TIV, as it as it uh, pertains to vaccinations, TIV. Uh, maybe it has to do with the. Uh, I don't know. Because I mean, IV is you know in, intravenous, in intravenous, or whatever. what would the T stand for? Maybe somebody knows Tru- out there. Trouble. Um, so there's an, there's another slide here that talks about um, how the trials are going to be conducted, and so they talk about adjuvant adjuvanted CSL vaccine, unadjuvanted SP vaccine, one versus two doses, and then sequential administration of TIV and H1N1 vaccine in adults. Trivalent inactivated influenza. Ah, so that's right. So that makes sense. So they have a couple trials which are going to be with active virus, a couple trials that will be with inactive virus. Yeah, that's just tested on the public. I'm telling you, 21 days apart. I mean, it's all here. If, if any of the news media would just download some of these PDFs and maybe someone who has a background no, in medicine. The words are too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's, it makes my head spin. I'm more interested in the uh, in the just the general kind of propaganda that's that's pushed out there by the uh, by big media. Mm-hmm. And I have a bunch of clips. Oh, yeah, good. We've, We've talked about this before, unless you have more to say about the swine flu. Uh, I have plenty more, but it can wait until we're, uh, until we're further along. I want you to play some of these clips that we have uh, collected here. Um, there is a, I, I think there's just an abhorrent, uh, the, but the, the Law and Order show uh, decided somewhere along the lines to uh, do this, this measles show that they did, uh, which was just basically a promotion of getting vaccinated. Now, Law and Order is a drama series, correct? Yeah, but this is, Ash, this is Special Victims Unit. This is the one that has all the weird. Yeah. Law and Order, New York elevator version. You actually watch this shit, don't you? 
Oh yeah. Okay. And so I, I think the, the stuff's well written, but this particular episode I thought was just it was so filled with propaganda and propagandistic techniques. And this is you know, regarding vaccination argument. I'm sorry, they'd have a back and forth argument that was lopsided, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, you know, interesting. And the, the, the more emotional people were, you know, on one side and the other. But the play clip measles one so you can kind of get a, a, a feeling for it. This is after See, some, uh, well, just play it. Sarah Walker's death wasn't a homicide. She was just dug out of a shallow grave. She didn't fall in there playing hopscotch. Well, whoever put her in there didn't kill her. Encephalitis did. Swelling of the brain? Brought on by measles. Wow, you can hear how bad that acting is when you don't see the picture. Don't you? Isn't that awesome? Like, it's swelling, terrible, I know. Swelling of the brain? Did. Swelling of the brain? Brought on by measles. Are you sure it's measles? No signs of abuse or neglect. No bruises or abrasions either. Her teeth weren't in great shape, but mostly from a diet high <laughs> in sugars. That's it. <laughs> but measles. How does that happen this day and age? She wasn't vaccinated. Oh, dude. Dude, first of all, it sounds like Rachel Maddow. No <laughs> doubt about it. But how bad is that acted? That is so horrible. And of I, course, know, they're, they're, I don't think they're into the, playing this ro- these roles so much. And the funny thing is they're using the medical examiner, who's the black woman, who's not... Generally, there's this one woman, this this white blonde, who's been doing the medical examiner for since the beginning of the show. She is probably the richest person in the world on on residuals, and I think she. I, I don't know. I think she's on this show, but I, if she was, she wasn't on this episode. I think she says, "Screw you! I'm not doing this one. It's just terrible." But did you notice there was two pieces of propaganda in there? One was the teeth weren't in good shape thanks to sugar. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Candy. Right, that was, a, they right. slipped that was that the first one. Little, yes, that was the first one. Right. Right. But then it goes into the vaccination. The most of the rest of the show, and, and this is uh, is essentially condemning one woman uh, who didn't get herself, uh, didn't. The story's about a woman who didn't have her kid vaccinated. He got the measles, and he accidentally vac- uh, bumped into this other girl who died, and so they they decided to to charge her with not homicide or anything else but with murder <laughs> <laughs> all right what do i play now play the clip i, th- I think it's a, what's what's on the list there's i think a clip three okay i went to see a, a girl after you had recommitted to your new life there's a singlish girl oh, wait, wait stop I... that's not the one i have no that no this is the amish one i have measles nutcase i have measles neighbors and measles mmr Okay, go the, the one that you were playing. We're going to play again, but I want to set this one up because this is a they they they, they decided to go at, to an Amish guy who is who's a, got the beard and he's like a fanatic old man who's just really Amish. <laughs> he thinks everything sucks and it's stupid. Wait a minute, it's John. Like, it's like you exactly. Yeah, yeah, I just do. wanted to hear it. Yeah. So anyway, he goes on and on and and is and they make him look like he's a complete maniac and he's obviously an idiot because he doesn't he, have he does, he's against vaccinations, right? That's right. why and he's and a complete idiot. And then the kid who's having second thoughts about being Amish and here's the clip, play it. I went to see a, a girl after you would recommitted to your new life. There's a singlish girl, Megan. I had to see her. You had to see one of those harlots? Is that why you went to the hospital? For a venereal disease? No, no. It was just a rash. It's the measles. We don't vaccinate. There's a lot of things we don't do. Oh, my God. Oh, this is... There's a lot of things we don't do as old-fashioned people. First of all, he sounds like he's Irish for some reason. (laughs) Why, Why? Who pays for this show? Okay, let's go to the clip of the neighbors. Okay, do you need to set it up? We this go is the woman who ends up getting charged with murder. What, did my neighbors call you? Why would they do that? 
Because they're upset at the choices I've made for my family. Like not vaccinating your son? I won't put my son at risk because Big Pharma and their lackeys in the media try and jam vaccination down our throats. Even if that puts him at risk? What risk? He had measles two weeks ago and the immune system he was born with kicked in and now he's fine. Well, Sierra Walker isn't fine. She's dead after being infected by your son. Okay, look, first of all, how can you watch this, John? The, the, the okay. acting is so atrocious. It, <laughs> is, it is beyond atrocious. They are reading the script from the Ministry of Truth. I can just hear you know, big, uh, big Pharma and their, and their crazy lackeys. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now we're going to go. To, now, here's the one. This is, I'm going to sit next. Now, this is the nutcase clip. This is where they be. They, be, find, you know, they find someone who is really against fact. No, like no. They, this is, they're talking about this woman. They talk about her as a crazy person for having these thoughts about big pharma and vaccination. By the way, I want to mention to people out there, my, all my kids have been vaccinated against measles. I'm not of the opinion, like Adam might be, that it's bad and there's, you know, it's, generally, I just think that there, this is, there's some other message here and what they're trying to do is set people up to just take any shot that they, they bring up, okay. which is, of course, what we're talking about. Can, with can, I, can I just say one thing? Uh, I'm not against all vaccinations. Okay, good. That's I, I, I am against know. adjuvanted crap and oil and water yeah, and shit weird and, and that untested. Crazy thing. Right. Un- yeah. Okay. Right. I am too. So let's go and play the nutcase. So when the, here's where they berate the woman behind her back, and then they bring up a phony argument. So they so it sounds like they're being objective, but the guy they have to 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 take her side is one of the nuttier guys, and he nobody takes him seriously. And the whole thing is a beautiful piece of propaganda. Listen to this. That lady is a lunatic. What she's doing is a danger to society. Yeah, but not illegal. Oh, are you defending her? Maybe he's right, Al. I mean, sometimes parents know what's best for their kids. Right, and we decided to vaccinate our kids so they'd be safe. Well, that was your choice. Telling parents how to raise their kids, that's a quick slide down the slippery slope of government tyranny. Monica Stewart's son got the measles and nothing happened to him. I mean, it's not so black and white. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Sierra got the measles from Monica's son and died. Now, all of a sudden, my little boy's at risk because of some nutcase mom. Well, she's not the only nutcase mom. Ashley takes that price. But her kid was too young to be immunized. Every child under a year old is at risk. It's just stupid not to vaccinate your children. You want stupid? Richard Belzer should be taken out back and shot. <laughs> I mean, I, this is, this is you're right, this is 100% propaganda. I can just see the producers going, hey, did the government send over the scripts this week yet? We're ready for them. We got to do that uh, German measles episode. It's just, it's, it's deplorable. How much, you know, we should really, I really like analyzing this with audio only, John, because you have no distraction. You really hear clearly what they're doing when you just listen to it. The minute you, I think if you, if you have all the, the pretty moving pictures and everything flashing on the screen, you're, you're probably just not aware of what's being said. But man, when you listen to it, you hear, you just hear how, how, some guy in the Pentagon wrote this. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> With, he, had is, a, he had a uniform on. Is there one more clip on there? Because there was one. Uh, MMR? We haven't done MMR. Yeah, yet. the MMR clip. And this is the one, by the way, this, I only took a little piece of this. This is the, the, the medical examiner, the doctor, on the stand, on the witness stand, going on and on and on about how everything is, you know, hunky-dory and, and MMR is so important. But just play it, and this will be the last one. Measles is one of the most communicable diseases on the planet. It stays in the room for up to an hour after the infected person has left. 
It's transmittable from up to 200 yards away. I thought measles had been eradicated. It was. But right now, England has a measles epidemic because people are refusing to immunize themselves and their children. Total horseshit, by the way. Children. And the last serious outbreak here in the early 90s led to 123 deaths in unvaccinated children. Why would people choose not to vaccinate their children against something so dangerous? The most common reasons are for religious beliefs. Or <laughs> it's, it's like a, she's reading a Wikipedia page. Suspicion about the science behind immunization. Is the science behind immunization faulty? Is the science behind immunization faulty? Absolutely not. <laughs> Measles is totally preventable with the MMR vaccine. Not being immunized is irresponsible. Despite any side effects from the vaccine. There is a minimal risk, but it's more dangerous to drive a car than to take the MMR vaccine. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's more dangerous. Now, this is, now, here's a couple points in here. One, it's more dangerous to drive a car than just about anything. anything. Yeah, thank you. That's the most so, dangerous activity you can, you can participate in. So let's go over this, this one uh, comment. It says, I thought it was eradicated. It was. Wait a minute. If it was eradicated, there's no way. That means it's eradicated. Eradicated means done. eradicated. D- done. Fin- and then there's like, there was a measles. Ep- there is. I think she said there is a measles epidemic in the United Kingdom. There was something about a year ago. There was a small outbreak. There's nothing going. Keep talking, John. I'm going to Google measles outbreak in the UK. So anyway, so she goes on with if, if it was eradicate. Okay, the point is if it was eradicating, then she says it was. How could it be it was and then but? I mean, if something's eradicated, that means it's gone forever. Here, June I mean, 14th. smallpox was eradicated, although it wasn't quite because they kept a few of these little vials around in case they want to kill us all. But the point is, it obviously wasn't eradicated. So the, so, out, the outbreak referred to, uh, as reported by the BBC, was June 14th, 2006, where 156 cases in South Yorkshire were reported. I don't think there are any deaths, but it's hardly an outbreak. Yeah, and what, and what an cap- epidemic is what she called it. Mm, are you sure? I think so. If you play it again, she says, there's an epidemic. Measles is one of the most communicable diseases on the planet. Is that true? Is it one of the most communicable diseases on the I planet? I don't know. It stays. In- Go look at the wiki page. I swear to God, she's reading the wiki page. I swear to you. Let's see what she says. Okay, <laughs> this is funny. You got the wiki page? No, I don't. Well, get the wiki page. Oh God! No, okay, please. Just- I gotta get the typewriter keyboard off the floor. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. Me, uh, <laughs> Come on, this is funny. Oh, you just like to hear me type. Yeah, it's hot. Let me see. Me, I'm going to do it too. Measles. Yeah, infection of the respiratory system called by a virus, especially blah, 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 blah the genus Morbillivirus. Right, Measles is one of the most communicable diseases on the planet. It stays in the room for up to an hour after the infected person has left. It's transmittable from up to 200 yards away. I thought measles had been eradicated. It was. It was. (laughs) It was. But right now, England has a measles epidemic. Right now, England has a measles epidemic. It's a lie. When was was this aired? Is this Uh, an original episode? I think it was a 2008 show. Hmm. Because people are refusing to immunize themselves and their children. Damn British. Killed them. The last serious outbreak here in the early 90s led to 123 deaths in unvaccinated children. Is that true? 
I don't know. There's not, I don't find any documentation for that. I mean, it's possible. Why would people choose not to vaccinate their children against something so dangerous? The most common reasons are for religious beliefs. You, you religious kooks, you! Or suspicion about the science behind immunization. Is the science behind immunization false? Do you hear how that flows? How that goes? It's like question and answer. It's a, it's like an Obama press conference, actually. It's oh, totally absolutely. like an Obama press conference. <laughs> absolutely not. It's Jesus like it's totally... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, every time I run in, that's why I watch this stuff. I mean, I think that the that the propaganda, if people need to deconstruct what they're watching on television and decide if they're watching a good drama or what are the elements of propaganda within this that they're trying to brainwash the public about. In this case, it's obviously take whatever shot they tell you because it's a way to go and you're irresponsible if you don't. Uh, you know, and this the way the story went, by the way, the woman got arrested and charged with murder, and she uh, got off somehow. Gee, and then, like because of the con- well, no, constitutional I, you know, I rights? I, I, remember there being an, I remember there being a version of the show where she didn't get off, but, hmm. but, it, but it may have been a different show. They may be doing the show over and over on different versions of Law and Order. I don't know what the deal is. But whatever the case, she got off, and then the mom who and the dad of the dead granddaughter will go berserk and start throwing bricks at her house and then the dad runs in to like get her as the crazy mom by the way who's just a complete lunatic is screaming kill her kill her and he goes in there with a gun the the the, 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 oh the grandfather oh who loved the little girl goes in there with a gun pulls it out and then blows his own head off saying now you've killed two people <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so the he suicided himself so the cops walk in, and this woman's shaking like a leaf, saying, oh, and, and then they're all looking down. And then that one cop, who's, who's the pro-vaccine guy, gives you know, like, give her a dirty look for all the damage she's done. <laughs> See what the you've fact done that now. Is if she wasn't indicted to begin with, that guy would have been alive. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, that's just one side of it. And by the way, it makes total sense because it's very expensive to put a show like this together. So having government funding, and I, and I will see if we can find out. Some of where the funding comes from, who's producing it. I mean, we should delve into that a little bit. Dick Wolf. I mean, I don't know what, what, what the connection is with the government. I don't think there is any, but... Well, no, there's, the case, no, there's, dude, of course there is. What does this air on? Is this in syndication or is it air on... Uh, it's on NBC. On Well, thank you very much. NBC. General Perfect. Electric. Right. So now on ABC, we have uh, Dr. Richard Besser, who has uh, now been hired as ABC's medical reporter... And he'll be on, uh, I guess, uh, what is the morning show on ABC? Of course, he was uh, the government's swine flu czar. Why didn't he stay in that job? The swine flu thing's not over yet. No, but no, but he he serves better, much better when he's when he's perceived as a medical doctor giving you really sound advice. He has that whole face that like. Hey, believe me, I want your kids to live. <laughs> so now he's going to be the senior medical reporter. You know what that is? It's just like that Gupta dude who's on uh, on CNN. Yeah, he's going to work for Obama, but then he decided he didn't like Rahm Emanuel no, or something. No, no, he he serves the the mission better if he's not directly related to the government. Yeah, you're right. It makes so much sense. So what's this guy's name? Dr. Richard Besser, B-E-S-S-E-R, the CDC director who led the government's communications efforts during the swine flu outbreak. 
He currently heads the CDC's coordinating office for terrorism, oh, yeah, preparedness, and emergency risk. Doesn't he look like you want him to treat your kids? Oh, yeah, Dr. He's got, that, he's got the, the authoritative uh, doctor slash professor, professor kind of totally. look for a young, young professor. Totally. Oh, doctor. Oh, please, please, please vaccinate my children. I feel so good. Um, Smartronics, remember them, John? Oh, yeah. These are the guys who uh, got the $18 million, as far as we know, no-bid contract to build recovery.gov. So were they supposed to, they were, you know, in in the auspices of uh, transparency, they, of course, were supposed to uh, release... Uh, their contract, so that we could review that to see exactly. Oh, that, you know, well, that's never going to happen. Well, it was going to happen, but according to the General Services Administration and the Recovery Accountability and Transparency Board, uh, quote, the only thing that has delayed getting this document 508 compliant, which I guess is the code for transparency, said uh, board spokesman Ed Pound, another ex-cop, referring to the law that requires agencies to make their electronic and information technology accessible to people with disabilities, we are not going to put information up on our website that is not accessible to the blind or disabled. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you love it? (laughs) Bravo! (laughs) It's a text file, you dick. (laughs) It's so funny. And and it's a redacted version of the contract. We can't even see the whole contract. It's going to be redacted. Why does it have to be? It's a, it's a website. Why? It's, it's a, a website. website. It has to be redacted. Oh, thank take thank the you, John. WordPress out. Oh my! Well, there is. A, I haven't read it yet, but I just got a a, a follow up email from one of our listener producers, John Steck, and uh, he says that he has here what he thinks is uh, a version of the document that they're supposed to put out. Um, I just haven't had time to look at it. He actually says, note who their partners are, so I'm afraid to go look at that document. Um, But I love that. I love saying, hey, man, we can't put this up yet because we're not compliant yet. It has to be accessible to the blind and the disabled. They're probably still working on trying to say, how are we going to rationalize $18 million for this $50,000 job? Yeah, they're prob- It's probably easier for them to just kill us to stop talking about it. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> it, think? It would be cheaper. <laughs> Somewhat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I thought that was pretty damn good. We got to get on this gravy train. I'm sick of like talking about it. We, we just sound like a jealous couple old farts. Look at these guys. They made $18 million on a $50,000 job. How come we can't do that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, the thing that's really bothering me in the media, as we're kind of on that track right now, and you know, when, whenever something's on Glenn Beck's show, it's like that's a big like warning, warning. <laughs> this has got to be some cover up, some bullshit going on here. So there's two stories. The story that everyone is now jumping on is if you go to the government's uh, Cash for Clunkers website. Have you heard about this, John? I'm sure you've blogged it or someone has, has mentioned it to we, you. Yeah, we, the bloggers have, ta- have done a bunch of Cash for Clunkers things. Right. So so this is this is all over the place. It's like, well, when you go to this website, uh, you come up a uh, uh, you you come up with a part that. What is it uh, that says, uh, by using this application, your computer now belongs to us and the government and all the files on it. And, 
you know, basically uh, it gives the government free reign to hack your computer and access all your files in perpetuity. Something like that, right? I I should be doing this with my blog. Well, (laughs) that's a good idea. So let me ask you this question. The Cash for Clunkers program, as far as I understand it, was an incentive program under, I believe, maybe the stimulus package to get people to buy more automobiles. Is that correct? Is that the basic premise of this program? Well, actually, it has dual uh, or tri, uh, uh, tri, tri-fold. I'm thinking of a way you fold an envelope or a letter. Anyway, it has a number of purposes. One is to get people to go off their butts to get a new car because a lot of people have been putting it off. The second was to get a bunch of old clunkers within a certain range that are gas guzzlers off the road in exchange because you have to get a car that has, gets better gas mileage. So it's also green. I don't trust this initiative, and the reason why I don't trust it is because it is not just a U.S. initiative. This is happening in Germany. This is happening in the United Kingdom, who have no car industry whatsoever to speak of. It's happening in the Netherlands. Again, no car industry at all. There's got to be something extra to it, John. It just This Cash for Clunkers, it's a global initiative, which once again just shows how great they are at rolling this shit out on a global scale because we, I guess we pretty much are our one big Gitmo nation now. But it can't all be to stimulate the car industry. Uh, it, I don't see where, you know, not every car is a huge gas guzzler. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Every Help car me. is a huge gas guzzler. <laughs> Help me out here. I want to understand. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that if if I'm going to take the TARP money, seven hundred billion, and I have a choice of doing two things with it: one, giving it to bankers, or two, giving it to the public, is so they bring their old cars in and it boosts the car industry. I would rather have number two take place. Right, but it's but of course it's not really boosting the car industry. And by the way, we rented a car for the weekend. What is it? American cars are made of plastic. It's, yeah, a lot of them. No, all what of them. What car did you have? Just, just tell what the, was the car. The Ford Escape. It's a midsize SUV. It's plastic. Everything about this automobile is pla- It's probably toxic. It's one <laughs> big plastic toxic. They're trying to kill us with these cars. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> a German Catholic bank has apologized to investors and promised to sell its shares in a contraception producer, a weapons firm, and tobacco companies. <laughs> Gotta love the Catholic Church. <laughs> Obscure headlines. Every, every <laughs> no, we have we have a, a a different jingle for that, John. And now back to real news. I really didn't think it was that obscure. I thought it was. People don't realize the Catholic Church really is a huge bank. Yeah. Well, they always were. Yeah, but people In fact, don't they're the ones who that. had to put the Knights Templar out of business because they were becoming a bigger bank. They they were becoming a syndicate, right? The Knights Templar they had money everywhere, and you could basically syndicate you know your money. You could say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, borrow it here and pay it back in a different country. I think didn't they invent that kind of the? Yeah, they invented most modern banking tricks. What happened to the Knights Templar? They got run out of town by one of the Catholic popes who just took a disliking to him because apparently the church owed them a lot of money. So the way to deal with it is just to get rid of them. So they rousted them, and most of them ended up, they think, nobody knows what happened to them because a lot of them just disappeared. Very few of them actually got captured. And it seems as if... Switzerland absorbed them, and Switzerland suddenly went from being a backwater's <laughs> dumb the, screw-up. The, the banking country of the world. 
So uh-huh. I believe that the Knights Templar are, are either Swiss or British bankers today. And you base all of your information, of course, on uh, the Tom Hanks On a movie. History Channel special. <laughs> <laughs> I base it on the Da Vinci Code. That's how I know no, about the Knights History Templar. Channel special on this. I'm watching it going, well, that's interesting. <laughs> seems right. The trouble is, every time the History Channel, I should mention this to people, I do have, since I have a degree in history, there's certain parts of history that I I know way too too much of, and they will will go into something that I'm fairly knowledgeable about, and I've read most of the literature, and to be honest about it... they're wrong. Yeah, it's full of shit. I, I, you know, this has become another Gitmo Nation uh, communications channel. I can't watch it anymore. Well, I still like the Nice Templar theory that they're all Swiss bankers. Was that one of their theories, though? No, apparently some historian came up. They tried to figure where all these guys went, and they tra- they they know a lot of them disappeared into Switzerland, and they yeah. made the point that Switzerland was just a bunch of farmers one day. Next day, they're a bunch of bankers. So, I mean, coincidence? Perhaps. Read the book. I had not expected this to happen. Of all the guys who has been anti-establishment throughout his career and uh, his music lives on, Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant has now joined the establishment after accepting a uh, CBE from Prince Charles. Ah, he's a knight. Yeah. Well, not quite a knight. It's kind of like a a knight light. It's kind of like a knight layaway program is what it is. Well, the CBE is what? Is uh a... um, something of the British something Empire. Something of the British Empire. A um, citizen of the British Empire? Is that it, maybe? Well, everybody's a citizen of the British Empire. <laughs> yeah, well, I want one of those nifty-looking medals. That looks cool. But you know, throughout the years, many, uh, particularly show, um, artists, have refused uh, these types of awards from, uh, from the kingdom for this very reason, saying, hey, I don't want to be a part of the establishment. That would basically go against everything that, uh, that I stood for in my art. Commander I, of the British Empire. Commander. Commander. Wow. That's a good title. Yeah. What do you get with Commander of the British Empire? Is there any You, uh, you get a, any a bennies? in the eye with a sharp stick. <laughs> Are there any bennies there, man? Should we get one of those? Hmm. I was kind of uh, disappointed to see that. Would you accept one if you got... Uh... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course you would. I need this stuff for the walls. I mean, I don't have enough art. I mean, I've collected a lot of stuff, but I would love to have a couple of certificates. The only thing I've managed to get is the Kentucky Colonel. I'm a Kentucky Colonel. <laughs> I ha- at least I have the uh, uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> I, I actually have a, a, a... I went to the Paul Allen School of Broadcasting, but they never gave us certificates. No, I, I did a speech once. They said, hey, would you come and talk at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? For those of you who've never lived on the East Coast, this is like... For years, they ran infomercials. The Connecticut School of... Have a career in radio. Have a career in television. The Connecticut School of Broadcasting can get you this career. And so they asked me to come and speak one time. I said, yeah, I'll come and speak. No fee, but I do want to have uh, you know, a diploma. I want an honorary degree from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It's like, no and problem. And of course, they said yes. Yeah, this, walk over to the laser printer, pick it up. No problem. <laughs> so are you familiar with the uh, Krakato... Uh, Krakatoa Rock? I'm not pronouncing that, I'm sure, properly. Krakatoa Rock. Krakatoa? Krakatoa, yeah. About the volcano? Yes. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Do you know that it's uh, active right now? That it's oh, been it's always kind of active. It could blow at any time. Yeah, but it's seen, well, there's a report uh, from the Daily Mail 
that you know says it's really kind of and there's some beautiful pictures by the way it's it's just outstanding this thing is not just it's spewing john there is lava building it's twice as big as it was a couple of years ago this thing is really on fire right now Here, let me say well you, you know we don't want that that's unfortunately krakatau that's a bad one right that, that, that one killed a lot of or people krakatau depends on how you uh, yeah there's a link on your skype the problem with this volcano, it's one of the five or six super volcanoes in, on the globe. Then when they go off, it really, we have serious problems. The last time that happened in, uh, what was it, I think, uh, here it is. Uh, 1883 eruption killed more than 36,000 people and radically altered global weather and temperature for years afterwards. Yeah, you end up with a, a two or three year cooling period. Crops fail. There's famines. All kinds of bad things happen. Look at that link, man. These pictures and are spectacular. And that wasn't even one of the big... The, the, apparently, this thing has gone off a couple of times. It's really been astonishing. I'm clicking on it. It's not doing anything. I click, I click, nothing <laughs> happens. You use that. You sound like uh, Mevio QA. Uh, let's try it again. This what? Is, oh, there it comes. You got it? Krakatoa rocked the world again. Last time it killed thousands and changed the weather for five years. Well, now it could be even deadlier. It is the Daily Mail, okay? What is this this picture is bogus, of course. What do you mean bogus? This is this is a drawing. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you talking about? A drawing? This is drawings. This is not what the volcano is doing. What are you looking at? I'm looking at pictures. Are you looking? I'm seeing pictures here. I'm seeing pictures of okay, beautiful, high-res pictures. Looks like a drawing. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a drawing. This, these are these well, are the biggest, the biggest, the, the the largest part of the volcano is actually underwater. Right. This is just a little offshoot. Though these are not drawings, John. These are high-resolution pictures. This, this top picture looks like a fake. The one that's taken through the trees on the beach. Yeah, it's artistic. It's a beautiful picture. It's Ugh. taken by Marco Fuller of Barcroft Media. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. I just yeah, no, it's something worth watching. I mean, they, they keep talking about, you know, the worst case scenario is if Yellowstone ever blows up. Yeah, that, we we were following that for a while and just kind of went away. Is it no longer? I mean, we were having like a yeah, hundred earthquakes a day, or, or just the not, road still melts and. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, in the Netherlands, Gitmo Nation lowlands, um, they are now seriously talking about um, mandatory vaccinations for healthcare workers, and there's a there's a big uh, brouhaha started about that. You know, I get so many emails from healthcare workers who listen to this show, who, you know, pass on information, and they're like, wow, man, I really, I'm going to quit my job. I really don't want to take a, a mandatory vaccination for anything. But uh, now the uh, the Minister of Health is saying, well, I'm sorry, we're, we're really going to have to uh, make this mandatory. You know, I, I hate to stop you in that. During that thought, we'll go back to it. But I'm looking at news articles about Krakatoa. Yeah. You know, you've, under news, it's the only people that are even talking about it is the Daily Mail. So this means there's nothing <laughs> okay, going on. All right, it's bullshit. Let me let me then just go back to the cash for clunkers for one second. I guess the reason that that this whole thing kind of irked me is you know this program was so out of money 
they did the house did uh on last thursday uh a very or friday did a very quick two billion dollar additional budget approval for this program two billion wow yeah, no, they they put a billion in to begin with, and they're going to put another couple billion to keep people buying cars because it apparently it was a very successful way to get rid of some of this TARP money. I but believe me, I'm not against them. Giving is it, the is, it the, is it the TARP money? That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. No, I'm just I'm just saying no, but it's all coming out of face. It's all coming out of the same pot somehow. Yeah, out of our pocket. Well, out of our pocket and into at least these people will be driving cars that are safer. I should have pulled a couple of clips from the Bill Maher show from Friday. This was a fantastic show. Oh, uh, it can't. That, well, that's impossible. No, no, no. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because they have on the panel some British guy. They got, uh, I don't even know, these people, I didn't know who they were. It doesn't matter. And they're talking about the Federal Reserve. And not a single person on this show could explain, including Bill Maher, could ex- he actually said, I don't know what the Federal Reserve does. And then the British guy starts telling everyone what the Federal Reserve does. It's like, oh, they, they control the interest rates. You know, it's really good thing. I'm like, what this fucking shill from, from this limey is all of a sudden in telling these stupid idiot Americans what the Federal Reserve does. They don't, the American people, people on television don't even understand that the Federal Reserve prints our money and then lend it back to us. At interest, it was an amazing show. Actually, I do it's have it recorded. Gig. I'm, I'm going I'm to pull a couple clips from that because you yeah, will you know, shit yourself. I got a yourself. bunch of clips I didn't throw in this week, which was including because uh, I ended up watching C-SPAN half the week. But, you know, you want to shoot yourself. Yeah, it was just a bunch of idiots. I got some more Waxman material coming for the next <laughs> Thursday show. <laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> You have a couple more clips lined up if you want to talk about that. Otherwise, I, I just can go into all kinds of crazy well, shit. Well, go to my uh, B clip number one. Now, the thing about bees, of course, we talk about this every so often, but the, they finally found that there's a really good nature episode running this week on PBS. You should check it out. It's about the bees. And they found where the, where the what's killing all these bees, which is really a big threat to everybody. It's a two-minute clip. clip. Play the whole thing? No, clip one, yeah. DNA tests have isolated a single suspect. A virus found in nearly all of the CCD hives. It's a virus that until now was found only in Israel, called IAPV, Israeli Acute Paralysis Virus. The group believes they've found the culprit. The team now turns to the more difficult question. How did the virus get to the United States? All test results seem to point to one likely source. Australia. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> okay, researchers. What? That's enough for that clip. Play clip number two. <laughs> Australia did it. Where did the Apparently, virus come you know, from? Yeah. We buy a lot of bees from Australia, and, and they come in packs. Really? Yeah, I'll yeah. take a six-pack of bees. Some of them uh, Aussie bees. Where did the virus come from? One thing that gets missed is that we found this particular virus in royal jelly from China as well. We cite it as being present in the U.S., Australian bees, and royal jelly from China. So the question of where it's come from and, and where, you know, who had it first, that's really unanswered at this time. Of course, China is always in the background of these things, and they apparently make royal jelly, which they sell to the U.S. and other bee areas, and they feed it to the bees. And so that's you can really obviously get a, you know, they're killing us. There's a whole there's a whole ch- 
part of China where there's in the southern area somewhere they were doing a, a, a piece on that where they there's no bees anymore and so they've had the hand and but they killed off all the bees from with pesticides the Chinese have and so they have to hand pollinate all these pear trees and then they they run out some stats on the fact that you know a, you know a, a hive of bees can do like a billions of, of flowers and to do it by hand takes you know you can only do like you know, few a day. It's ridiculous. It's interesting you say that because I re- I was just reading today that um, of pears specifically, ninety here it is um, ninety four nearly every orange ninety four percent of pineapples and ninety percent of pears sampled in the United States are uh, laced with chemicals used to kill bugs. High proportions of apples, grapes, and tomatoes are also tainted, as were parsnips, melons, and cucumbers. So the stuff that we're eating basically still has uh, sample traces of chemicals that are used to kill bugs. I mean, I'm sure some of that would kill bees. Yeah, no, the problem is, in fact, I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing this on our show, which is the pesticide of the week. Oh yeah, we need one of those jingles to go along with. Yeah, we need. As soon as somebody comes up with a jingle, I start to do the bit. It won't take that long, but the I, because I've been looking at pesticides and because I've been. Um, Working on two stories. One is the uh, <laughs> don't tell me you're nose. writing another book. <laughs> <laughs> writing another book. I work on white nose syndrome, which I think we need to discuss once in a while. <laughs> Isn't that a Hollywood problem? <laughs> That's a good one. Ba-doom. Yeah. Finally. Yes, it's about time. So, uh, but I ran into this fact sheet, which I'll send you the link to, and you can post it. It's a fact sheet uh, uh, of pesticides, uh, actually new chemicals that's been added to the uh, list of things that you can use since about 1997. And it's just pages and pages and pages of weird crap that just keeps being brought into the market. And it's always very dubiously tested, it seems to me. Miticides, insecticides, fungicides, rodenticides, herbicides. You know, on and on and on. Spermicides. It's just like, well, no, those aren't usually sprayed. The um, <laughs> you haven't seen. I mean, me. it's page after page after page of weird things. Anyway, yeah. And meanwhile, the lettuce you buy from uh, Whole Foods, organic, stays stays good in your fridge for three weeks. What's up with that? Well, it's probably fresher for one thing. Oh, please, three weeks. Well, it's obviously they got uh, you, you. You know, there's a bag. They, they may have that chemical. It's in the. No, I don't think they do that. Well, they're not supposed they're, to. It's supposed to be non-GMO and uh, and non-pesticide. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something going on. Something. Well, maybe I have no idea. Maybe one of our our producers out there can tell us why yeah. that. Why does lettuce from Whole Foods stay good in the fridge for two to three weeks? It just doesn't sound right. It's a little too long. So if you want to know what's wrong with America, there's a great clip. Um, this is a, um, a town hall meeting or a, t- a council meeting, I believe, in Santa Cruz, California, where a fine, young, a fine upstanding uh, young member of America's youth um, goes into some detail about how uh, we can actually say – have you seen this? Yeah, well, I actually have a clip of it I didn't send over, but let, I want to say something about it too before you run it. <laughs> Which is basically this woman is typical of the people who live in the Santa Cruz area, but there there is a cult of of people who record the Santa Cruz City Council just to get these sorts of clips because they're just priceless. Here it comes. City Council testimony, May thirteenth. Play. 
Well, the crops are um, growing very well, and um, they're organic, and some of them have pesticides, and I think that we should make um, a perfect pesticide for the crops that um, is good for people and healthy and keeps the crops preserved, too, because we need the food because it's food and stuff, and organic food is good also. She has a huge rack, by the way. Um... And the businesses downtown um, really need to lower their rent because if the rent was lowered, those people would really have their own businesses. <laughs> if the rent was lower, these people would really have. This, by the way, is fiscal year 2009 Cooperative Retail Management Business Real Property Improvement District Assessment Meeting. <laughs> they have enough stuff. They're very good at making things. They're like experts. They're really good. And we can really be a community and um, make the things and um, sell them in our stores. And I really believe that it can be a California thing, that it can it can really work out because um, we can be rich in cotton and mining metals and silkworms, and we can make things. We can make things cars. The <laughs> Can make things, cars. Gene can make it for us. And we can have the community and the city in San Francisco, and we can make things and put them in the stores. On the East Coast, they have slaves, and they believe in slavery and made in China, but. <laughs> what? What is this? On the East Coast, they have slaves? Yeah, and, and they made believe in China. In, believe in slavery? Um, on the West Coast, the new West Coast, we don't believe in that. We believe in the union, and that's what we are. All right, so the best part is at the very end. Where someone, someone actually applauds her. Thank you. That speaker, her boyfriend. Now this is a this woman. She's a total nut job. I wonder. You know what? We we need to kill five billion people. Let's start in Santa Cruz. It's a good start. It's notorious for people like this. Really? That's kind of yeah. discriminatory of you to say that. Santa Cruz has got a lot of these kinds of people. They move there, and they're, especially in the hills. And at one point, Santa Cruz was like the murder capital of the, of the state. Good! <laughs> it, because it was always going on in the hills. God knows what, what these people are up to. Good. But, uh, I don't know. It's just like it, I just, when you watch that, you go, the education, this is beyond a failure of the educational system. Home. This is this is actually a PSA for homeschooling, dude. That's what this is. All right. So uh, I, I just can't resist. Uh, the World Health Organization determined in 2005 it has the authority to dissolve sovereign governments and take control should there be a pandemic. This goes back to what your wife apparently discovered, even though I've mentioned it several times to you, that uh, the United States is one of the 194 nations who have signed the treaty and are a part of the constitution of the World Health Organization. And yes, these rules apply to any country signed, signed on to the WHO, which of course is the U.S. Uh, from the WHO 2005 declaration... And I quote, under special pandemic plans enacted around the world, including the USA in 2005, national governments are to be dissolved in the event of a pandemic emergency and replaced by special crisis committees, which take charge of the health and security infrastructure of a country and which are answerable to the World Health Organization and the European Union in Europe and to the United Nations in North America. So the question, of course, is will we actually do that? Because we're now at threat no, of level six. Of course not. Well, that's what you say. They're already, you know, there was a report that uh, 
They're setting up the, quote, shadow government when, uh, when everyone in Washington has to be sent off to the hills. Then there's uh, like the one Obama, I guess, is, you know, you know, the story last week, Obama's apparently somebody hacked into one of the computers. This, and this, discovered oops, oops, hold on, hold on, oh, John. What's happening here? Hold on. Hey. Why is this happening? Stop. I think it's official. I'm in love Wait. with summer. Fuck. I think we should stop seeing each other. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. What was that? I don't know. Something kept playing. I can't find the web page that it's playing on. Oh, you had a web page open. Yeah. So, um, uh, Obama's some machine. I, I lost the details, but Obama's one of the White House computers. Something got cracked, and they just they found Obama's secret hiding place for his him and his family. <laughs> Where is it? Isn't it next door? <laughs> Isn't it the, yeah, in a hole thought, somewhere? No, I thought it was next door where the where, where all the uh, where all the guests stay. Isn't there a bunker underneath that thing? I don't know. I didn't follow up. I didn't care. Hmm. Then this World Health Organization thing is nothing's going to come of it. Well, I don't know. We got guns. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, as 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 he tries to stretch the time between clicking the link and the actual article coming up, uh, demand for body bags <laughs> has grown. The small well, that was a good. Now there's an investment that we've missed. Yes. Well, we can still get in. It's a very small Toronto custom bag manufacturer, the Trevor Owen Limited Company. Uh, recently, they've been shipping thousands of thick plastic bags sewn in its Scarborough factory and touted for their ability to, quote, prevent leakage and seepage of bodily fluids. Uh, some seniors' residences are even buying 5, 10, or 15 at a time, and even in different colors. You can get it customized. <laughs> you can get it monogrammed. Like, that's so important. <laughs> you can get it monogrammed. Well, I think this is still a very good investment. John, I, I think we should look at uh, at jumping on that train. I think this is uh, something. It we might can... be nice. I wonder what they look like hanging on the walls. Art. <laughs> okay. Be kind of cool. And uh, we can't do a show without talking about our uh, our favorite company. Oh shit! See now uh, you lost it. You blew it. Uh, well, this is because my controller is broken. Let's just pretend, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that in post. It'll sound really good. Monsanto. The most complex genetically engineered corn has been approved for use next year in Canada and the United States. Approved? Unbelievable. Approved without its potential health and environmental risk being investigated. Uh, neither U.S. nor Canadian health officials have assessed the human health safety of Monsanto and Dow AgroScience's new Smart Stacks. This is the uh, brand name, Smart Stacks. It has eight novel genes inserted into its DNA. This is according to the Canadian Biotechnology Action Network, which are, I'm sure are a bunch of radicals. Uh, but they've, basically, they haven't really tested it. Oh, why bother? <laughs> and this is so they already have our wheat, they've got our corn, and the smart stacks is uh, going to be in everything. Uh, according to um, who owns Dow AgroSciences? Is that Dow Chemical? It has to be it? Dow Chemical. Yeah. By the way, people should go to noagendachat.com. What's going on? Are they talking about Nothing, it? I don't know. Just some guy said to do that. I forgot to. We always forget to mention stuff. This isn't. 
Uh, a key early step in our commitment to helping farmers sustainably double yields by 2030 to meet the increasing demands for grain for food, feed, and fuel, said Rob Fraley, Monsanto Chief Technology Officer and Executive Vice President. Next year's product launch would represent the largest introduction of a calm biotech seed product in the history of agriculture, the company claims. Up to 1.6 million hectares could be planted with smart stack seed in Canada and the U.S. by 2010. It's all we over, We have to John. eat this stuff? Yeah, we, yes, we do, sir. Yes, we do. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very simple. First, they get rid of all the farmers, make sure their crops fail with the Terminator seeds, and they come in with their smart stacks. It's real simple. It's, it we have to follow this story more closely. Smart stacks. Let's set up a Google alert for it. It's a good idea. How do you spell it? Uh, smart stacks with an X. Huh. It sounds like a record company. <laughs> it does. Stacks records. I <laughs> uh, wanted to make a note, and I think we're going to put this up on uh, noagenda.squarespace.com. Uh, one of our um, producers, Robert Shepard, uh, once is has I guess now officially become the uh, the innkeeper of the show. He is the new owner and operator of the Monarch Motel in Sheboygan, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Located, Sheboygan. Wait, conveniently, this is another one for one of your com, com, uh, columns, John. Sheboygan, Michigan. Uh, conveniently located about 15 minutes from the uh, Mackinac Bridge, connecting the two peninsulas of the state together. And for all No Agenda listeners, should you find yourself in Sheboygan, for as long as he is owner of this motel, John, you and I get 100% free stay in a room of our choosing with vibrating bed. But if you show up as a No Agenda listener and say, I have no agenda, now where's my friggin' discount or something like that, you get an instant $15 off each night of your stay. Uh, they have 10 megabit internet connection. Uh, with uh, 802.11NNG uh, wireless networks, as well as an iTunes server, sharing out podcasts to anyone who wishes to listen. Of course, no agenda is on the server. Go to monarchmotel.com. All right. <laughs> hey, hey we, you know, we actually should have more people doing that kind of thing. And, Absolutely. You know, I, by the way, that bridge is gorgeous. It's on the list. It's on the checklist. But I think that's great. You know, it's, it's 15% discounting. I, I think we should get a little more, really. Yeah, he should up it to 20. Up it a little bit. Little uh, so I'm sorry. So let's talk about uh, so we have a we have some contributors this week I want to talk about, but I want to preface it with a story that came out in uh, um, Salon. Salon magazine. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. We're talk, going to talk have about the media. a link to this. Of course, and now I don't have it anymore I on my it. page. I have it, I have it you, up. You have it up? Yeah, of course. Only you want the link. It's a fantastic story. It's about the uh, the ongoing war between uh, Glenn Beck and uh, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, and apparently on. the two guys have been going at each other, but it's been hurting somebody's business. Yeah, uh, gee, whose business could it be hurting? Let me see. Who owns what in these mainstream media outlets? So it looks as if, uh, you know, apparently it was bugging the guy because it, I guess uh, O'Reilly started going off on the CEO of General Electric, Jeffrey Immelt. Uh, let me read a little quote. He, he, from he was even giving out his email address, wasn't he? Mr. O'Reilly continued to pour 
pressure on corporate leaders, even saying on one program that last year that if my child were killed in Iraq, I would blame the likes of Jeffrey Immelt. (laughs) The resulting email to GE from Mr. O'Reilly's viewers was scathing. Over time, GE and the News Corporation concluded that the fighting wasn't good for either parent, said an NBC employee with direct knowledge of the situation. Notice the analogy, by the way, of parents and children in that entire article. Fighting children and parents. So they had a, a deal apparently between Immelt and Murdoch, and it says, and then they, he goes into the, 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 that's a quote from another article, and then he goes on and says, though Oberman denies he was part of any deal, the NYT, New York Times, says that there has been virtually no criticism of Fox by Oberman or MSNBC by O'Reilly since June 1st when the deal took effect. Uh, apparently there was a couple of little things that did crop up. And uh, but now it seems as though because of pressure from their, uh, you know, the corporate sponsors of these shows. Well, so this uh, is this is exactly what we've talked about. It's not. I don't think it's just the corporate sponsors of the shows, although that may have a lot to do with it. But of course, General Electric is responsible for making a lot of the war material that is being used right now. And when you directly relate the president of the network uh, or of, of, of the company, GE, and you, you, you know, personalize it. You personalize it. Well, of course, you know, there are people dying at the hands of shit made by General Electric. So that is something they really don't want out there. And as we've discussed, there's very little reporting from any reporters on any of those links. And, you know, when we look at how stupid stories show up on NBC or MSNBC or CNBC and how it relates up to its to the parent company, GE, no one's going to report on that shit because of exactly this. At the top, people are going to come down and say, shut up, shut up, or you'll never work again. That's basically it. O'Reilly's right. Generally, stupid. now you have to know that most people out there should know and they understand that this is rare. Most of the time, you self-censor, exactly, and which exactly. is which is actually worse. And I'll tell you why: because self-censoring tends to do more censoring than is necessary. Uh, you actually go overboard when you self-censor, and. The, and the, Big media companies, when they figured this out, they realized they didn't have to ever say anything because there's nothing worse than telling somebody not to do something and then they get fired or they quit and then a couple of years later they come out and say, yeah, he told me not to do that and blah, 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 and it makes you look bad. But self-censoring is when you, know, you actually t- say you really don't – and that's why you never see, for example – any stories on any of the networks about anything about Disney, for example, about Disney's hiring practices at its parks or about that crazy, you know, you're not an employee, you're an actor. Yeah, you're uh, a cast member. Cast yeah. member. So, and, so you and, don't get any health benefits. You don't get a lot. You don't get the right pay. I mean, everything is crum- crummy about it. But nobody would ever report on that because, you know, you, you're, you're taking, you know, it's like a club. You got ABC News and NBC News and and CBS News, and they're all owned by large, giant corporations. Uh, of course, NBC being the, owned by General Electric. And so you're never going to see these guys you know, attack each other because, you know, if somebody attacked Disney, Disney could just, ABC could just go mad dog on some something the other guys are doing. And so there's a gentleman's agreement. We're not going to discuss this stuff, okay? And so this uh, O'Reilly thing with... Uh, I think, you uh, know what, I think uh, O'Reilly got a little bit too close. I think O'Reilly went a bit too far. Because he had, you know, he is brash. He's got a big mouth, and he he literally overstepped his boundary. And they and they said, "Okay, dude, now it's ending. Right now, stop this shit." And O'Reilly gets paid millions, 
And I, he's want, not I about wonder. To, you know, I wonder he's how much more he of makes. an entertainer than anybody. I wonder. I really do. I wonder how much money he makes. I think these guys are getting paid a lot less than you and I believe. Uh, I don't think so. O'Reilly's, I think, number one in cable. Do you know what his audience size is? We should look that up. I bet it's smaller than I bet it's smaller than you think. It might be, might be, but I'm. I know that a couple of people that have been on. I I know a few that I'm pretty sure they make a million a year, and this guy's got to make more than that. So, John, you write for CBS Market Watch. Do you find yourself self-censoring? Uh, Dow Jones Market Watch. I'm sorry. It's been sold. I didn't know. Dow Jones is a part of Dow Chemical? Dow Jones is a part of Dow Jones, you know, the you know, Wall Street <laughs> Journal. You know. It can't be a coincidence that it's called Dow, okay? Yeah, well, but do you, it but is. But answer the question. Yeah, I self-censor. Of course I do. What am I going to do? I like I get I see something running like for example in my own publication that I think is like crap. I'm going to say, well, you know, I think the editors are idiots for running this. I'm not going to do that. What do you think? I'm crazy. Now, what else does Dow uh, Dow Jones own? They own the uh, well. Now they don't own anything because Murdoch owns them. Okay, so would you? So, so I'm actually working for Murdoch. I'm part of the News Corporation. So I'm not going to write a scathing thing talking about Murdoch, or I'm going to, or or, or really? Fox News being a bunch of you know whatever. I actually like Fox News. So what can I say? <laughs> I like Murdoch. He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough said. <laughs> oh God. Well, anyway, uh, on this show, you don't appear to be self-censoring, and that's highly appreciated. Well, that's because. No one listens. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's because we are we are we are actually uh, we are, we're not commercial. Let's put it. We're that paid way. for by our, our our producers and sponsors and the people who graciously uh, contribute. And I want to mention a few today. And by the way, we hope we thank everybody who's contributed in the past. And I want to encourage people to continue this because this will help us get to our third show, which is really what you want us to do. I also want to thank a bunch of people, like uh, some people that are doing some free work for us. Uh, Bubba Ray Martin, for example, the No Agenda archivist. Uh, I've got a new guy that's going to do custom icons for us. Michael Kingery is a really oh, cool. talented artist. It's amazing. Great. Uh, I, there's an applications programmer, Colin Nickerson, out there that I might get some work out of him. He, he's going to make the application that says uh, all of your computer files belong to us when you access the site. That's cool. That would be good. Yeah. So, but we got some good uh, contributions. They came, a lot of them came in late, though, and I kind of just kind of screwed me up a little bit. But let's go over a few guys who gave us some money. Paul Vela uh, gave us sixty-six dollars. Ah, I wonder said, what that means, huh? Yeah, he's <laughs> Thanks, in Towchester. Isn't he the guy that said most if we, of the people? I'm sorry. I'm just going to say most of the people that gave us money are Americans this week. We got, except for one last minute one that just came in before we started today's show, nobody was in Europe or Australia. Really? really? Well, we had a good run with, uh, with the Scandinavians, with the Australians. So now it's about time the U.S. picked up. So we got uh, John Matthews and Father Ralph, of course, in Chicago, and John Matthews and Parts Unknown are, are part of the. Uh, no, they're going for the night. Uh, uh, oh, the layaway program. Layaway plan. Ah, great, great, thanks. And this is fought the the uh, Reverend. Yeah, he's a priest. A priest. Oh, in Chicago. You. If we go to Chicago, he we have to have a beer with him. He he insists. A beer drinking uh, priest. I love it. We have uh, William Pettit. G U I L L A U M E. 
Pettit, P-E-T-I-T, or Petit. Uh, he's in Chambly, Quebec. Right. That's the only Canadian we got anything from. But the rest of it's all Americans. Max Lacritz, or Lacritz, who generously gave us $250, and he's in Seattle. Wow. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Eric Peterson, $68.31 in Glendale, Arizona. We have to obviously figure out what that means. Sixty-eight thirty-one. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. No, I don't know either. BB Computers, Parts Unknown, $50. John Atwood, $50 in Cotter, Arkansas. Mark Workman, another uh, generous person from Dayton, Ohio, 100 bucks. I figure this is the last 100 bucks in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> oh, and shit. Mark Workman gave it to us. Thank you all of Dayton for that. And, and <laughs> we really appreciate that. Uh, DUI-help.com gave us $50, parts unknown. Larry Baldwin gave us $52, and he's in Buena Park, which is interesting because we have a couple of nights, one of them being in Santa Ana. I'll get to them at the end. Then we had some latecomers. Uh, Peter Shmilikov, who is, uh, or Shmilikov, 5744, and he's in Galloway, Ohio, another Ohio person giving uh, money that they probably can't afford to give. And he said that we have to guess the 5744. We'll have to work on that. Unless you can do it while I'm going through these names. Matthew Bellamar in Wolcott, Connecticut. Again, Americans, $50. And then we have uh, Paul. I got Paul Vella. Did I get Paul? Yeah, 66. Okay, here's one. The only one from Europe that came and just came in. Francois Pru. And that's spelled P-R-O-U-L-X, and it's pronounced Pru. Pru. And he's from where? He's from Paris, France. Hey, Paris, finally. Good. So that's the first person from Paris that's ever given us a cent. $73.31. Uh, you know that's got to be. We can't. I think that you just tell us what the codes are because we never follow up on it and I can't remember it. Well, they're going to have to send us an email. Francois will just have to send us an email. It's highly appreciated, though, obviously. 7331. It's a good one. That's fantastic. And then we have two nights. What? We have two new nights? Scott Rodriguez, who we mentioned on Thursday, $1,000. And he's in Santa Ana, which is interesting because Larry Baldwin's in Buena Park, so they should get together for a beer. Yeah. And then just coming in is Margaret George of Clovis, New Mexico. Wow. Now, if unless they've transposed the name on PayPal and it's really George Margaret. This is, this is not, o- not only is it a, a, a new night, but it's a new female listener to the show. Yeah, that makes five. Wow, Margaret. Including my wife. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. That's awesome. Wait, we should do, what are you going to do for these nights, John? I, I think we should well, do something we're gonna special. Get him some, I'm going to have to get the work on the night thing so we get some. Would you please? Uh, I mean, could you really please do it? I mean, you know what? Don't come to the meeting on Wednesday. And, uh, and instead of that, <laughs> cool, I love the that meeting, meeting. The meeting. Uh, you know, instead of that, why don't, you, uh, why don't you work on some of the premiums for the nights, man? That would be much some- cooler. Well, somebody just came up with a 5441. I wish they would re-hit uh, it again because I lost their Skype message. Uh, or 54. What was it again? 50... 5433? 57, 57. Oh, yeah. uh, Anyway, so the two nice we're dealing with here is uh, Margaret George, Clovis, New Mexico. So thanks a million. Yeah, thank you so and much. And Scott Rodriguez in Santa Ana, who should go have a beer with Larry Baldwin, uh, who's down the street. Now there are yeah. many. There, are you done with the list? 
Yeah, that's the list. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an it's a good list. It's not as many as as usual in terms of the fifties and hundreds, but the big donors, uh, Max and the rest yeah. of them, uh, Piconi, Tell me what the fifty what it means yeah. instead of teasing me. Now there are a lot of people who uh, send us. Well, of course, we don't go just call them people or listeners. They're producers, and they send us all kinds of information. And for, uh, usually, people say, "Hey, look, man, I'm trying to lower my debt. Uh, my wife and I are really working hard. We can't send you any money. As soon as I can, we will." That's fantastic. That's fine. I do have a couple of job openings uh, for people who are out of work and looking for. Because uh, I was looking myself, just as kind of like a plan B, and I figured it would be it wouldn't be bad i could for $97,000 a year i can become a, an a unmanned aerial vehicle pilot um because there are a lot of jobs with the uh the reserves and the and the US army and the one that caught my eye which uh, wouldn't wouldn't be bad to have a couple of no agenda listeners in that position is the internment resettlement specialist where did uh, you find that one on the army site uh, and and, wow. the, and the best part is the description of the job, which uh, are in the show notes, of course. Uh, one of the re- advanced responsibilities will be to provide command and control, staff planning, administration, logistical services, and custody control for the operation of an enemy prisoner of war slash civilian internee camp. Now, if you're in the reserves, you will probably be working in the United States, and you will be running a civilian internee camp. Gee, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Somebody should get that job. Uh, The quote from Wikipedia, civilian internees are civilians who are detained by a party to a war for security reasons. So that would be the FEMA camps that we've been seeing all over the country. And you could be there. You could be running it, making $37,000 a year. Not a bad gig. Well, anyway, I want to remind everybody to go to uh, Dvorak.org slash NA to help us out. Uh, and uh, we need some more nights. That would be nice. Also, uh, we're, working no on the, we're working on our first dinner. We have a lot of people who are, uh, who are interested. Noagenda.squarespace.com. Uh, we will have a link to a mailing list that you can put yourself on if you want to go to one of these dinners. Uh, we want to do what, the first one in Las Vegas, uh, which would be centrally located. And, but, you know, the, it's a timing thing. So we're, if you're, you, you put yourself on the list and we'll you know, try to make it so everyone can do it. I mean, it's... it's we were unfortunately an international show uh, with listeners all over the world, and to, you know they're not like, except for the fact that we have two down in Santa Ana area, um, it's, they're not centrally located. I mean, so it's, it makes it a little rough. Well, it'll be the first stop on our world tour, John. It's just the beginning. So that's slash na We really appreciate all your help. No you know, Go ahead. Especially this week, and I would just want to remind everybody to keep donating, especially those guilt-ridden ones out there who've been listening to the show since the beginning and <laughs> are reluctant to help us. Coming to you from the minimum containment cell uh, under threat of eminent domain demolishment in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. I'm Adam Curry, and uh, 5744 refers to Adam and I's ages, apparently uh, official ages. I would say I'm John C. Dvorak. Uh, See you again next week. That's right. Thursday, right here, same time, kind of, same place for No Agenda.